Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. That's right. Little Labor Day, a little holiday bonus edition here. Not bonus. It's Purple Daily for a reason. But like, you know, <laughs> Judd, and I, Judd and I woke our butts up on a holiday weekend so we could get an analytical preview of the 2021 Minnesota Vikings from our friend Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus. Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me, guys. I uh, can't believe we're already here. The offseason feels so long, and then at the same time, it sneaks up on you. Uh, yeah, it's the NFL does an amazing job of making you feel like there's always something like, here's a primetime schedule release. Here's a mini camp where no one's going to really do anything. Uh, but now that we actually get regular season games, it's going to be a blast. Purple Daily is presented by Surly, Surly Brewing Company. Um, and thanks to those of you who watch the show on a TCL TV via YouTube, because TCL is one of the fastest growing and best consumer electronics brands on the market. They've got an award-winning lineup of new TVs. So check them out, TCL. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Uh, Judd, why don't you... Listen, you throw the first question out right. here. What do you What do you want to know from an analytical standpoint? Here's what I want to know because I'm actually going to tie the pieces of the football puzzle together and and use that football. as the jumping off point. Eric, we know we know that despite the, the fact that you are an unbiased viewer and numbers cruncher of the National Football League. There was a time where you loved the Vikings, and we all did. <laughs> 1978, I did. Okay, so like, there's nothing to be ashamed of. But if you put that piece of the pie together with with what you have studied from a number standpoint about the 2021 Vikings, and then also what you have observed in training camp, because I think we need to include your, your observations that you've seen with your own two eyes. How does it all come together from your expectation when training camp started to now that the season is about to open for the 2021 Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we've we've lived through a lot of Vikings teams and we've lived through a lot of, you know, we've seen how it can go right. I mean, this franchise is a top 10 team and, you know, since like, let's say the 70s in terms of wins. Right. So they certainly have had a lot go right. They've had a lot go wrong, obviously, having never won a Super Bowl, haven't made a Super Bowl uh, since the late 70s. And, you know, you go through and like, I think. I said this on a different show last week, but I think analytics in many cases is trying to derive the truth statements of a lot of people who have great intuition about the game. 
Um, and I think that there are a number of people who are great in one area, not great in the other. And they sort of like overweigh the things they're, they're great at, you know, and they sort of try to map that to things that they aren't. And that sort of can lead to issues. Um, but one of the things that like I've really tried to lean into is this idea of fragility of a football team. And this started last year during the COVID times, but also I think is going to matter again this year, which is, you know, football is a very strong link game in one position. It's the quarterback position. If you, if you can be great there, it'll cover a multitude of sins. If you aren't great there, and when I say great, I mean top five or six guys. There's only like the difference in wins above replacement between Mahomes and Kirk Cousins is like two wins, which is an astronomical amount uh, on average. So the Vikings aren't in that position. So where do they have to be great? They have to be great. They have to be anti-fragile, right? When everybody else has injuries or COVID or, you know, weaknesses, they have to be able to take part in sort of exploiting those. And last season, they were the mark, right? They they had a young secondary, they had 15 draft picks, they had a weak O-line, and these are all systems that are weak link systems, right? No, Brian O'Neill played really well last year. No one cares because Drew Samia, you know, and, and you know, Garrett Bradbury, they were terrible, right? And a defensive line can choose where it exploits your offensive line, right? Uh, Cam Dantzler had decent moments last year. It didn't matter because every other corner that played was terrible along with him. And I come back this season, I think, okay, the Vikings did a pretty good job with the money that they had of getting starting caliber players in some positions, right? Xavier Woods appears to be a good player. Um, you know, they did a, a good job with you know Sheldon Richardson, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, and so forth. But they still have the same fundamental issue, which is that any perturbation to the Vikings team is going to be too much for them to handle and too much for a quarterback of Kirk Cousins caliber to overcome. And a lot of that is Kirk's doing by how much he takes up. But a lot of that is just the Vikings not understanding this fundamental truth about the game, which is you can you can have a middling quarterback, but you better have a deep roster and I think it was your point, Phil, on, on the show. It's like they've tried. They've drafted a lot of players. They just suck at it, apparently, over the last three, four years. And that's left them in a position this year where, like, if all 22 starters play the whole season, I think they'll be pretty good. That, that, but I, I, I think the premise there is, is not going to be held. I think you've just nailed – I mean, everything you just said is also sort of a microcosm of Cousins in that if everything is great – around him if if he can run play action you know he's one if, if you could just run play action for 60 minutes right yeah and if he could just if he could just if, without his arm falling off if if the defense was bought in enough for you to throw the ball 70 times on play action the vikings would win the super bowl like he's a, he's an amazing play action quarterback he's super accurate um pff actually has him ranked just overall 10th 5th and 15th over the last three years um, so, so knocking on the door of top five, according to PFF in 2019, when everything is on schedule, he's really good. But to me, Super Bowls aren't won by creating something that's just on schedule for five months. That doesn't exist. It's an unrealistic unicorn expectation. Well, if you could just get him a great offensive line, and if everyone can stay healthy, and if the defense... And when those things start to come crumbling down, when the offensive line isn't great in a game or for a month, or if you can't run play action because it's the last four minutes and the defense knows you're going to pass, 
those are the areas where he starts to crumble himself. Um, so I guess with all of that said, PFF had him borderline top five a couple years ago. Uh, they got him top 10 last year. So what is your overall takeaway yourself and just on behalf of PFF of Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I mean, so 2019 is perfectly what you're talking about, right? When you face a schedule that has six backup quarterbacks in it and a couple teams that are down, you can run play action all the time because you're the favored team, right? Like, you know, there there's a significant correlation between being the better team, being ahead of the sticks, and being ahead of the sticks and being able to call. Being It's not even just play action. It's motion and all that stuff. The deception is is available to you when you are ahead, when you are when you are an underdog, it's less so, and and that's where like the effects of a player like Dalvin Cook um, is less as well because you just simply running the football is not a credible threat when you are facing Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. It is a credible threat when you're facing David Blau and the Detroit Lions. So like those things are I think tied, and that's why in '19 when you had the favorable circumstance for Cousins, he played well, and and that's why like. There are a lot of quarterbacks that that around the league that people make excuses for. So like Matt Stafford, we'll see him in L.A. Um, you know, even back like Joe Flacco, although Flacco won a Super Bowl. Like there's a number of players who you have to sort of massage the situation to get good things out of. I think Cousins is among the better ones of those, and and so I put him at like eighth, anywhere from eighth to twelfth in the NFL is where I put Cousins. It's backhanded, though, because I don't think that if you make that kind of money, you can win unless you are quarterback four four or earlier, five or earlier. You look last season, wins above replacement per dollar spent if you look at quarterback, wide receiver, O-line. So all the positions that quarterbacks affect, right? Quarterbacks protect themselves. The quarterbacks make wide receivers better. The two top teams in the NFL last season were Green Bay and Tampa. Two teams that paid their quarterback a decent amount of money, but what did those quarterbacks do? They elevated the play of those around them. They elevated even in situations that were poor. And to your point, Phil, 19 Super Bowl, what happened? Patrick Mahomes was down 10 in the fourth quarter against a defense that was harassing him all day, overcomes that, right? Last season, Tom Brady had to go on the road three times just to make the Super Bowl, and then he had to beat the aforementioned Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Like, again, you have to be able to play well when conditions suck for me to sort of like put you in that kind of category where it's, Hey, let's pay the guy $45 million and don't even ask a second question. I think Kirk is comfortably out of that group. Even though within that group, there are quarterbacks you can win with because they're on rookie contracts. So that's kind of like the, that's the rub the Vikings have put themselves in. So I I love this thought too, about the fact that you guys take what are our biases of probably smart football people and then examine them and say, hey, that's very much true or or it's flawed. Um, on that note, have you guys ever done in, in any type of study or have evidence for first-year play callers and things like that? Because my bias there on Clint was would be, well, one, he's going to do exactly what Zim wants, which, which is to run the football. But if you look at this, if you look at the skill position players here, You've got a lot of guys who should have big ears, like no question. And and I understand that the line might again be an issue, but you know, they've tried there and and they're gonna have to start Rashad Hill at left tackle. But I'm just curious if there's any evidence of what we can expect from a guy who is going to be calling plays for the first time for an offense that that there's this notion that hey, they might take the gloves off more now 
uh, I'm skeptical of that one. Yeah, there's a few reasons to believe that this is not going to work for Minnesota. The, the the main one is like when you look at the effect of first year play callers, usually the positive effects are just regression to the mean because the guy that was before <laughs> him was not very good. Yeah. And in the in the case of Minnesota, that has not been the case, right? You had Stefanski, who was a co- player coach of the year the following season after leaving, and then Kubi uh, Kubiak's dad, who I thought was very good a season ago they I have this like scheme uniqueness measure which is basically how much different are you than the rest of the league at things like formations play action they were very good there last year and the the hard part is is it's hard to push the envelope even further like especially when you are a coach that's doesn't have the cachet of a Shanahan a Lafleur um, a McVeigh, a Reed, like you're generally speaking out of preservation sake. And we saw this with John D. Filippo in 2018. You're going to revert to the mean of the marketplace in terms of uh, uniqueness. And, and so I just, to me, I don't see it being good for Minnesota, this, this change. It's also the fact that like he just hasn't called plays, right? So you don't have that uh, intuition that's been built up like, Gary Kubiak was a backup quarterback in the NFL calling plays through a headset for 10 years for Denver. Then he was an offensive coordinator. And he, I mean, we're talking about a guy who participated in seven Super Bowls. And he, to go from that to a guy who was a college safety and has, has been – like the intuition I just don't think is there. And we've, and we've seen it before. I have to do the study on this one, um, but I'm just going based off intuition. Most of the time, like think about Sarkeesian, who's a very good offensive coordinator in his own right. When he took over for Shanahan in Atlanta, he said, I'm not going to change a thing. Well, that's not the greatest idea because, look, Shanahan has you, has his intuition, right? And in a game where, like, tempo and, and you know, the, the margins are thin, if you're slow by even a second, it's going gonna, it's gonna to throw things off. And when, when you, you know, perform in an offense that, A, has a quarterback that needs you to be precise, and, B, has depth issues. One of the big things I studied after the Super Bowl was how important third, fourth, and fifth targets in the passing game are. The Vikings are not NFL caliber there. Like, I just see those two things sort of being an issue. If Thielen or Jefferson were to be hurt, we've already seen Herb Smith get hurt. Thielen or Jefferson get hurt, like, what happens there? Does Clint have any sort of, you know, offhand there? And then, obviously, you're already starting with a high expectation. The offensive line notwithstanding – the offenses that Kirk has had in Minnesota since 2019 have been very quarterback friendly, very quarterback friendly. And it's harder to get more quarterback friendly than that, especially when you look at a schedule that has some pretty good opposing quarterbacks on it. Pretty good. Like he's going to be in duels and you know, it's hard to, you know, run 22 personnel and play play action when you're dueling with the Russell Wilson's of the world. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, I've got a question about, I have a theory about the offense, and I want to run it by you from an analytical standpoint, but you're going to have to sit here uncomfortably while Judd talks about his underwear for a moment. Judd, give us one <laughs> oh, word to describe how oh. chill boys are making you feel today, my friend. Fantastic, and this is not uncomfortable. This is time. You see, this is the problem. Let's break the stigma. It, break the stigma. Eric, I'm going to tell you right now, this is not an uncomfortable endorsement. This is a chance for me to sell you on a lifestyle change. Chill Boys underwear, the most comfortable boxers I've worn. I'm 51, okay? I'm an old guy. Look at the gray in my beard. If you are it's watching. It's an beard, Judd. Exactly right. <laughs> I'm an old guy. I've been through a lot. I have worn a lot of different pairs, a lot of different brands of 
underwear. Seen and a I lot have, of underwear in my and day. I've never, yeah. ever yeah. found something as comfortable as Chillboys. Chillboys.com. Eric Eager, I want you to go there today. I want you to order a pair, and I want you to report back the next time you're on with us on how much your life has changed. Yeah. Because I can tell you just from the just from no statistical analytical test, I can tell you just from firsthand knowledge. Chill Boys changes your I'm, life. I'm going to pass on the eye test for Judd's Boxer Briefs, but I can tell you at Chill Boys, they're passionate about one thing, our comfort. Get yours at chillboys.com. Also, a shout-out to uh, these Vikings scratch game tickets from the Minnesota Lottery. So they've got uh, a $2 game that can win you up to $15,000, a $5 game that can win you up to $100,000. Also comes in a cool holographic design, as Judd's showing you on the YouTube channel. So even if you lose, it's kind of fun to just have. So check them out. Say, I'm into Viking scratch games from the Minnesota Lottery. Must be 18 or older to play. Football. So I think a perfect, uh, by the way, testimonial to this is you guys have Ventline. You can get testimonials on them if uh, the Vikings get down uh, 14 on Sunday. Yeah. (laughs) I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Um, but we got to get you on Ventline just for like a super level-headed, just lambasting if they wind up losing this game to the Bengals. Um, so, all right, my, I guess here's my thought. I think the Vikings prevent themselves from maxing out their points outcome on offense because they're so conservative in certain situations where you shouldn't be. And so, and you can, I mean, go look up the the data backs this up. When it comes to second and short, the Vikings are one of the most run-heavy teams in the NFL. Second and long, so the first play blows up. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? The Vikings tend to hand the ball off more often than other teams on second and long. Um, Even like first and goal just inside the 10-yard line, like first and goal from the 9, the Vikings hand off in that situation on a regular basis. I don't like that. I think they should be more aggressive. I think especially second and short, run some more play action. Your whole playbook's open. So my theory is, and I am, you know, I quit football in eighth grade, so take my theories with a grain of salt. I think they should swap out some of the runs in some of these situations, three per game even, for more chunk shots down the field or just be more aggressive with your passing game. Um, Is that fair? And I guess, follow-up question, what is the thing that you think the Vikings should tweak offensively, schematically this season to get them further up than 11th in points where they were last year? No, you're, you're, I think, 100% right. I think people – so here's the thing about the Vikings under Kirk. In regular season games, they've never been more than a six-and-a-half-point underdog in a game. So you're looking at a team who I think wants to be – wants to keep games close, right? And we talk about fourth down decisions. We talk about, um, you know, aggressiveness. We talk about all these things, and the three of us – would like to see, I mean, you guys would like to see the Vikings win. I would like to see the Vikings win. Mm-hmm. And I want, and in a particular game, like the analytics community, you, me, we're all optimizing for winning that game. And the hard part to come to grips with is I think that some coaches and some front offices optimize to keep their job the longest versus optimizing to win a game. Yes. And so that means. And so you and I, it's not our money, right? So we're, we're you know, there's the Kahneman and Tversky studies where like people are risk averse and we are very not risk averse with football because it's not our job, you know? And so we're, but they're, you know, so they're taking negative EV moves to sort of fail with the pack 
so that they can sort of be respectable. And you look, and, and I, this is what tilts me the most about Vikings Twitter. I look and I'm like, everybody's like, oh, seven and I wasn't so bad last year. I'm like, you're feeding into this a little bit, right? And, and yeah. so so when the Vikings lose a game, let's say they, they lose to the Seahawks last year. I don't know. This might happen. They, they get up on the Seahawks last year and they come back and they actually went for a fourth down. So I'm, I might be just like talking about sides of my mouth here, but they lose a game to the Seahawks close and everybody's like, oh, that was, you know, Russell Wilson's MVP candidate. That's fine. Whereas if you were more aggressive in that football game, you could have made it a two score game much earlier and made all these other things that happened to the Vikings more than they happened to every other team happen. Just have, be less a part of the conversation and doing stuff like throwing the ball in early downs, doing stuff like, um, you know, being, being more aggressive going for more fourth downs, not kicking as much like, geez, like the Vikings should be the last team that kicks field goal. Yes. And yes. Thank you. Doing that stuff. You will lose a game over time that you should have won, or you'll get blown out in the game because bad luck happens and it compounds. And I think that's what the Vikings are worried about more than they are stealing a game or, and this is the thing. How did Kansas city win 66% of their games with Alex Smith at quarterback? They won them because they won like 70% of games decided by a sc- two scores or more, right? Like Andy Reid was always chided for being terrible in two-minute situations. And, and the reason he's a Hall of Fame coach is he, he avoids them, right? We, get, we talk about third-down offense. The best third-down offense is not to even get to third down. And I think that that's part of the issue is like there's this preservation that the Vikings go through by doing negative EV things, it keeps them in the game, but it lowers their win expectancy little by little by little. And we wonder why they're they're never that team that's able to press the edge, right? It's always that we talked. You you guys talked about this a second ago. Like the perfect Kirk Cousins moment doesn't exist, which is you are thirteen and three, and you have a have a good quarterback, and middle of the season you're like, God, it'd be nice to have a better one right now. And then you insert Kirk. Like that's not possible, right? Every single season you got to start over, and your chances of running good when you have a quarterback like Kirk is your stack is is smaller. And so, again, I I agree with you. I just think more aggressiveness. The problem is, is this Vikings team? Their goal explicitly and through their actions has been, we want to play meaningful games in December, right? And if you do such a thing. Right. You might mess around and play a meaningful game in January every once in a while, like they did in 19. But with that goal in mind, you will never play a meaningful game in February. You will just won't. Like it's just not part of the winning strategy. Wait, I think you hold on. So you're just because I think I think you've hit on something that's there's a weird crossroads with Vikings fans and media. I think when you bring up, well, the Vikings goal is to play meaningful games in December. I think people hear that and they're like, yeah, hell yeah, that's awesome. You're saying, no, 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 no. Don't be thinking about 10 wins. Be thinking about how do you win 13 games so that those December games are actually less meaningful because you're already primed to play games in January. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. And, yeah, like the the slide. And, again, a lot of this is backhanded because when you have a Mahomes, you have a Brady, you have a Rodgers, you have a Wilson, even Prescott I think will eventually get Dallas here. Like, it's just easier. But that's the point, right? Like, you, the Vikings explicitly with Kirk want to be in every game. They want to be in every season. But in, in so doing, you will never have enough slack to not have to worry about the BS that always 
fall, you know, fails them. Right. Like, and that, and that's the point. It's like, and look, it, the, the worry they have, and I, and I think it's somewhat rational. I mean, if they go four and 13 this year, they're all fired. So like, I get it, but the worry they have is if they, the worry they have is that they'll, they'll play a season that is just a nightmare. Think about it like 2013, think about 2011 and, and like, no one's going to pay attention to them. They're not relevant. And, and that, but like, I don't know, like those seasons get you the great quarterback that could eventually get you to that point. Otherwise, you have to do something bold like the Chiefs did and trade a basically a, a humongous part of your draft to get a quarterback. And, and they're just they're unwilling to do that too because of the bust rate. For, for you know, to the very same point about not wanting to throw deep on second down, the bust rate scares them, even though they're not pricing in properly the likelihood and the payoffs, and, that, and that's more important, the payoff of being more aggressive. I, I think the problem is, is this, and it's been the Will Skull since they walked in the door, and originally I liked it, but it's also counterproductive now at times. Their goal is to always be good, um, and, and in their in their world, they, they thought, well, once in a while, like the Giants, will pop up and win a Super Bowl. That hasn't come close to happening. And and But the problem is now they're stuck in this cycle of let's just always be good. Let's always be good. So when, when they got off to a terrible start last year, nobody says, okay, this is a great chance to throw in the damn towel and get a great draft pick. They're, they're like, no, no, no. How do we change this? The second thing is, and, and this would be a really interesting um, long-term piece to work on, but Kirk Cousins is proof of the fact that when you take the payday and not the right team and right coach as a quarterback, it can cost you. And Kirk Cousins is, for all he's good, for all he does well, uh, the problem is the juxtaposition is he is the worst head coach possible or among them to coach him because he doesn't really care. I mean, I mean Mike's life is built on defense, and Kirk needs a person. And, I mean, I think this is true of Kirk in life, to hold his hand. And when he does, he's actually good, which is why all – the, con the conditional talk is always true. When the conditions are great, Kirk's great. He doesn't have a coach who's really all that invested in saying, how do we make those conditions great? I, I mean, the, the Kansas City Chiefs go out and get smoked in the Super Bowl with Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. And what do they say? We got to go out and get what we did to him. Offensive line was malpractice. We're going to go redo. Who needs an offensive line more, gentlemen, Pat Mahomes or Kirk Cousins? Yeah, but I will say this: like it, it is tough with Kirk, because, and I don't want to like cast dispersions on Kirk from a, as a guy, but Kirk makes more than Mahomes does, and like part of the Mahomes thing is I give my team flexibility, and I thought the the Orlando Brown trade was negative EV, but it was buying back some of the or paying back some of the EV they got from the Mahomes deal, right? spending 16 million APY on a guard is a bad deal. But again, you're paying back Mahomes. It's why Pat is never going to turn out like Aaron Rodgers and be pissed off that he's in some small market yeah. and they, they don't support him. They they know like it's, it's a good setup, right? He's got the deal. That's long-term highest paid in football respect, got all the endorsements in the world and a team that's going to be like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three bags full every single time they go with him with, with with Mike and Kirk, it's okay. We paid this quarterback who I don't really like that much. I mean, I I'm not trying to. I'm not making guesses. It's pretty clear the guy doesn't like Kirk. Mm -hmm. We're paying this quarterback I don't like that much a ton of money, and so why should I help him? Why should I have to? He's making a lot of money, 
And that was the D Filippo thing. The D Filippo offense was not quarterback friendly. It was star quarterback enhancing. They thought they had a star and they played the three wide receivers, distribute the ball offense, and it didn't work. And then in 19, they bent backwards to make the offense more efficient, you know, for Kirk, which to, to Phil's point, lowered the ceiling and rose the floor. And when the objective function became make this signing look good, they were able to achieve it for half of Vikings Twitter, basically. And But it came at the expense of actually winning. And I do think that that makes Mike a little pissed. Like, I think it makes Mike irritated. And yeah. so, like, it's just this it's this give and take that was not functional to begin with. And to your point, Judd, like, there aren't that many quarterbacks to do this. Breeze, but Breeze was injured, right? Like, that was where, why he signed. Manning was also injured. I mean, Kirk's probably the last big name free agent quarterback signing since, like, what, like Elvis Gerback? Like, we're not, I mean, this this doesn't happen very much. And they're almost all, like Scott Mitchell, they're almost all a failure. And and again, it's because, like, if if Team A drafts drafts the quarterback and it's not willing to move, it's not willing to keep him. And you look at Washington, everybody says, oh, how good is Washington? Washington has more division titles and is in a better position right now than the Vikings are after having left Kirk go. So, I, it's tough. It was just never going to work. I don't think, I mean, they could obviously, you know, do well this season. That's certainly possible. But in my opinion, it was just never going to work because it never does work. And you're not, you're not the exception to the rule. You are the rule. And these were, these were tensions that were always going to be there. Eric eager pro football focus, an analytical view of the 2021 Vikings. Uh, Just last thing for you real quick. Um, does your gut and your mind tell you that this team will be playing playoff games or no? I have them currently. So right now their win total is uh, nine on the betting market. They are plus 145 to make the playoffs. I have them 7.8 wins. If you go to pff.com, we have a uh, tool that does the simulation after every week. Um, I have them with a 35% chance to make the playoffs a 16% chance to win the division and a 1% chance to win the Super Bowl. So, uh, as Judd talked about, the uh, it's the it's the perfect birthday problem, right? The the whole the whole thing where if you're in a room of 23 people or more, there's a more than 50% chance two people share a birthday, but it's but it's a hum, it's extremely low chance it's your birthday. Every so often, some team <laughs> is going to win the Super Bowl. In a weird way, the chances that the Vikings win the Super Bowl in a weird way, extremely small. <laughs> yeah. Eric, great stuff, man. Uh, yeah, anyone who uh, isn't already checking out the daily amazing work on PFF.com, if you're a football nerd like us, go check it out. And we'll talk to you soon, man. All right. Thank you. Take care, guys. Enjoy the enjoy week one. Yep. Loving oh, it. Yeah. Loving it. Oh, yeah. Uh, daily Vikings entertainment here on Purple Daily. So, uh, Jeb, before we get to Surly, you must be furious. Mm-hmm. Some really interesting takeaways. I know there's a lot of people that are just going to sit and say, well, he's just being negative. Like, he's just, you know, the classic Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd and Eric being negative on the Vikings. Now, I, I prefer to look at it as this isn't, this was an objective analytical view of what has been Eric's favorite team throughout his life. And now he's working for this big uh, football analytics company. And people outside of Vikingsville look at this team again as a borderline playoff team that has to have a lot of things go perfectly for it to contend on a higher level, certainly for them to win the 13 or 14 games necessary to play a bunch of home playoff games. A lot of things would have to go right. 
And that's just kind of how it always feels. Like, is it terrible? No. Would you rather be a fan of that than the Jets year after year? Absolutely. Um, but the mission statement here is we want the Vikings to win the Super Bowl before we die. And sure. so I don't think we should be afraid to hold this team to high standards and, you know, not celebrate a borderline playoff appearance. Let's right. let's go above and beyond that, Vikings. It's been 60 years. Right. And, and the thing is, too, is that Eric brings a lot of um, – a lot of common sense to the table as well. And the discussion that we might even lack at times. Uh, but I mean, there's a lot of things there that you look at and say for PFF, which does a ton of work, you say to yourself, okay, what does the work show you? And, and that's why I think mm -hmm. for instance, the Clint Kubiak conversation is so intriguing. Like you are putting a young guy who's never called plays and certainly is not his dad. You are putting him into a position of, okay, now you're calling plays. You're 34. You, you've got a boss who has very big opinions about offense, but doesn't really like to run it. And I don't think he's got a sounding board. And, and so I take that just thought process in my mind, Phil, and I put that with um, a, a guy, you know, from PFF who has crunched this for a long time and said, what do first year coordinators go through? It's interesting. I, I hope it's wrong. I, I hope Clint Kubiak's great. And I hope this turns into the 98 high flying Justin Jefferson playing the role of Moss Vikings. But it is, but it's something that can't be ignored. I mean, if you truly are invested in this team and care, and, and it's not just a diversion for you on Sundays, that's the type of thing that you have to think through and say, okay, what do the analytics mix with the eye test and assumptions say? Yeah. Uh, so, well, we'll start. Well, this is the best part. We start to find out in less yes. than a week. Now we get to now we're leading up to week one and all the things we've been talking about and speculating on throughout the entire offseason are going to come to fruition one way or the other. Uh, all right. Every Monday, Judd cracks a surly. Oh, and oh, tells us many crack this weekend what he's furious about. This is a time for Judd to vent. Surly Judd, you must be furious. Uh, yes, yes, I am. Because week one of the National Football League season is quickly approaching. It's basically upon us. And here's what I'm furious about, okay? And this is not to pick on the Vikings or any one team. But it is to pick on something that we all can r rally around, no matter what our politics are, and be furious about. And that is... COVID. It's already started. Dallas, since I believe it was um, August 21st, has had nine players on the COVID list, okay? They are going to be without Zach Martin, their Pro Bowl guard, on mm. Thursday night. By the way, he's vaxxed. He's vaxxed. He has it, okay? And if you have it, you can't play. And football, as we all know, is a very difficult, um, thankless sport. Guys are hurt constantly. We've seen it. Irv Smith is gone. He's not going to play. Um, and now we're going to introduce this week by week who has COVID. And I'm not pointing fingers or blaming. I'm just saying it's the reality that we thought we hoped would be gone by now as far as being a regular thing. And it does not appear that way. And that makes me furious because injuries already drag certain games down, right? Like guys are out and now it's not, it's not going to be the game that we expected because there are star players potentially out or really good players. And now we're going to have to, and this league's made it very clear. They ain't moving games. They ain't canceling games. They're going to play games. Now we're going to have this week by week um, injury report 
got a bad toe, got a bad ankle, got a bad knee, and COVID report. And it makes me furious that we are going to have to, again, for a second consecutive year, go through this. And once again, I'm not trying to point to politics, religion. I think we all can band together and say as football fans, this sucks. I'm sick of it all. I mean, it's been a year and a half. It is, yeah, the fact that it's still part of our football and daily existence is annoying. Um, And so hopefully it doesn't derail the season. Hopefully the star quarterbacks aren't sidelined on a regular basis. So we'll see. Um, Well, whether you're you're upset or furious or whether you're happy, I mean, there's always an occasion to sip on a surly judge. Oh, let me tell you this weekend. I'm going to tell you the perfect time, though, Phil Mackey. On your couch watching college or come Sunday pro football sipping on a surly now now furious is my is my go-to beer it's my starting quarterback it's QB1 in my world but surly brewing also has a ton of great beers crack open a surly uh, enjoy the IPA that revolutionized Minnesota craft beer don't settle get surly and if you're like me get surly furious uh shout out as well to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company Federated has been a huge supporter of us at Score North and Purple Daily for a number of years here. And they've been a supporter of local businesses as well in and around the Twin Cities. They help with risk management and they help with keeping employees safe. So check out their resources at federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Yep. All right. Uh, We've got uh, a fun thing we're going to unveil tomorrow. A new regular, well... An old contributor who's back starting this week on Purple Daily, on Purple After Dark, which we're going to do weekly episodes of. And uh, maybe maybe another announcement or two this week. So thanks for hanging out with us. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We are the place. If you want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before you die as well, then uh, you should hop on board, hop on this bandwagon, click that subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, and we will catch you guys tomorrow.